Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Warning. The Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode of The Brad Report is brought to you by Minor Medical Emergencies. Even more terrifying when you're home alone. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars only and make sure you subscribe, follow, give us all the love and the follow, and make sure that you are consistently getting the latest brad report podcast you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at the brad report and last week we reported on the second installment of the marvel cinematic universe the incredible hulk and this week we'll be taking a brief break from that as we belly flop into the first five episodes of the mandalorian season two now just as a reminder this episode will be airing um, right after we have episode six posted on Disney Plus. But we're not covering that because we haven't seen it yet. So getting us in, belly flopping us, belly first into our summary. It's my co-host, the one and only Brad. The Mandalorian is drawn to the Outer Rim in search of others of his kind to help return Baby Yoda to his enemy race of sorcerers, known as the Jedi. While the search doesn't go as planned, he continues searching for other Mandalorians. Din Djarin and the Chod eventually find themselves on the estuary moon of Trask in the Arcanus Sector, a world mostly covered by oceans, where they are to drop off a stowaway passenger they picked up, known as the Frog Lady. After a short time on this moon, they find themselves in the company of unexpected allies, Death Watch, and learn there may be more than one way. The Mandalorian and the child ultimately reach the city of Caladan on the planet of Corvus to meet Ahsoka Tano. However, they find that she is fighting the city's magistrate. The magistrate asks the Mandalorian to take up a bounty to kill Ahsoka in return for Beskar Spear, which he accepts. The Mandalorian then sets out from the city in the into the forest wasteland in search of Ahsoka, hoping for some answers to the child's past, the source of the child's powers, and potentially handing the child over to his new guardian. Mm, good summary. Thank you, sir. And this is such a good season of TV oh, it's so great. far. It's so good. It's so good. And I it's was, the way. It's the way. It's the way. I was telling my sister when we were talking about it over Thanksgiving, because she's way behind. Um, where's she at? She's uh, she hasn't even started. Has she seen season one? Yes, okay, yeah. So she hasn't started season two at all. And uh, oh, I also need to take time to shout out to my niece Reagan Powell, who is in Monument, Colorado. Thank you so much, Reagan, for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to the episodes that we've had so far, and we hope you enjoyed this one as well. And uh, we're, you're able to catch up on the episodes before listening to this episode. But 
anyways, as I was talking to my sister, she was like, where are you at so far? And I said, so far this season, I'm enjoying it more at this point than I was at this point in season one, at the end of episode five of season one. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely at that point. Cause like at that point, like season episode one, season one was good. The mm. untitled one. And then the sin was just phenomenal. And then we talked about this in our other Mando pod, but like it kind of petered off for me and then rose real high at the end. But this one's been consistently great. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what are some themes that you have for the first five episodes? I think one theme, and I'm not sure if this if I'm if I'm projecting onto this just because of like um, like real world circumstances, but just like fatherhood, just this theme yeah. of Dinjarin coming to his own and becoming the father of this little baby, who we learn has a name his name is grogu and so we we see dinjarin slowly becoming more and more like a father figure to grogu right so in the first season he he kind of goes back and forth on whether or not he wants to even take possession or not possession but just responsibility for this child right so at first he does turn him into the empire and then he eventually goes back and that's kind of the culmination of the series or the season this season, from the very beginning, he is committed to protecting and loving and caring and doing what is best for Grogu. And so, and it's fun watching him like kind of grow in his fatherhood role, mm-hmm. right? Like he's, he's still figuring it out. Yeah. He doesn't exactly know what's going on, which is, which I imagine is normal. Uh, <laughs> I would I'm, think so. <laughs> I imagine that's a normal, a normal thing people find themselves in, but he's, he's figuring it out. And, he, he clearly wants what's best for him and just wants Grogu to be protected and cared for. And I think, I think that's kind of the main theme of the show so far, at least this season. Yeah, that's a great theme. And I just love how much, um, how much more willing, uh, no matter what the circumstances are that Din Djarin is saying, and one of my quotes that I'll like, I'll get into this later, is just like, wherever I go, he goes. Yeah. Like, I'm not leaving him behind. He's no more like, hey, just stay on the ship. Like, no, I'm taking him with me. Mm-hmm. And he's part of my life. Because, right. like, this is, now it's even, before it was kind of like, it was a decision that he'd take to protect the kid. And then the armor was like, this is your quest now. Hmm. This is this is part of your code yeah. to get him to his his people, and that's one of the themes that I have is is like actual quest going on this journey, and taking all going all of those things, all the planet jumping, all the side questing, all these little jo- odd jobs that he has to do, you know, tracking down these people, like being a taxi service for Frog Lady, <laughs> yeah. and like getting stuck on that planet and. And then like doing another side mission for for Grief Karga and Cara sure. Dune. And then finally finding Ahsoka. And like I think that's going to be overall kind of like the hero's journey. Every hero's journey is a quest. Mm. You know, it's a journey story. And like how he grows and matures through those experiences of becoming more like a father. Becoming more responsible. Becoming more selfless. And learning and growing in all these experiences. And 
Um, as his, in his quest is like, he discovers new information about Mandalorians, you know, with Bo-Katan and they're allowed to take off this, their helmets. And like, he doesn't want to do that, you know? Um, but yeah, that's kind of the a theme that I see is just like, along with that is just this overarching quest. And he even says like, I've been quested to return this yeah, one to my kind, absolutely. to the, his kind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that that's a good one. I think another one is just, and this is kind of similar to fatherhood, but just this idea of of training up the young mm-hmm. um, and discipling them and teaching them some like way of life or skill or just preparing the young for the world, right? And so that's that's kind of his whole quest, right? You mentioned his quest. That's his whole quest right now is finding people who can appropriately train Grogu for for life and for like, to hone his skills and abilities so he can protect himself and all that jazz. So that's another one that's kind of related to this too, that we talked about. Uh, this is less of, of a, of a theme in terms of like a literary theme, but they have really leaned into the themes of like the, the samurai, the, and the Western. Yeah. Like, they've really leaned into that this, this season. So the first episode was very Westernish. Bro, the marshal. So it's Vance almost Cobb, like yeah. it's just like put some stirrups on that dude, like walking into a saloon, and they have totally have the the kind of village set up in the like. There's nothing, and so like, what do they have? They have this one street with these houses facing each other, and that's it. Right. Um. Yeah, and it's like there's so much of the saloon and the the sheriff coming in and the gunslinger and. They're about to have a face-off right there in the saloon, and it's great. But, yeah, the totally a Western. And then in the the most recent episode that we've seen so far, the um, the Jedi, right, samurai, just such a samurai show. I mean, oh, my goodness. The the garden behind the wall, the, oh, the gates. Could not have been like, it's just the, like, oh, are we in Tokyo? The the sword <laughs> fight, right, the, the duel in in the in the garden area uh like the everything from like the village like shops on the street i mean it looked like an old samurai movie yeah the the smoke yeah the even the the exterior where it calls back to like old samurai movies where you've seen like forest burned down yeah and yeah yeah the even just yeah you mentioned the duel and these two expert warriors just like going at it with each other, not with. And so the, the lightsaber fight almost it, it felt like a different kind of style of a lightsaber battle than what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see that. And it felt a little bit more like it wasn't quite with Ray and Ben solo, but it also wasn't to the ex like the speed and the ferocity that we saw in the prequel trilogy. Okay. So I think it's like it's a middle point between maybe even getting back to more of like uh like Return of the Jedi kind of like lightsaber fight is what it seemed like. And that's it definitely has like George Lucas is more of like uh before like a new hope where they're just kind of like barely waving um the lightsabers at each other. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. That's awesome. And I read recently where Dave Filoni even said that Mandalorian has two two pillars um, or of his of his inspiration. One is the 
the lonely rider and the other is the samurai. Yeah. And so it's these two worlds that, that Filoni and Favreau have kind of brought together to create this, this character, the Mandalorian. Cause he really, I mean, he's like a lone rider and he's like a, a samurai. Like, yeah. He a is Ronin. Both. Yeah. yeah. He's both of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think my last theme is just revelation. You know, it's as this journey of just like, we're continuing to find out more information. Sure. Yeah. As, as Din Djarin is continuing to learn and grow and going to this planet to learn something and learning about Mandalore, learning about the Jedi, learning about the force, um, all these things. And then like, for like, we're getting revealed Ahsoka, you know, yeah, no, for sure. live action. So I think like, that's definitely not an overarching theme, but as you go on quest and discovery, it's definitely a sub theme, but like l- continuing to learn and grow on that journey. You have any more themes? I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm good to move on to the next part. Okay. Let's get into storytelling. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the major plot developments so far? So right now we've got um, Boba Fett being alive, which is kind of more of a fan service to original trilogy fanboys at the end of episode one. We've got Bo-Katan and Death Watch. We've got Ahsoka Tano. We've got Force clones and like like early Snoke clones in there. And uh, we've got Grogu and then we've got potentially where we're going to at the end of the season. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah. So the, the Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett thing was interesting. I mean, I, I don't think Boba Fett's going to play a part in this, this series very much at all. Okay. I think that that was just a little bit of a fan service. Yeah. Um, oh, it was definitely fan service. Well, I mean, it's fan service. He has, like, he's on there for like half a second. Right. But I'm saying, I don't think he'll come back really. I don't think he'll be, uh, significant to this particular story. So, okay, what story do you think he would be significant in for the future of Disney Plus shows? Uh, potentially none of them, I don't think. Okay. I think that, I really just think he's throwing a bone. And look, I, so here's the, I, I've said this before, I don't like critiquing um, a show or a movie or a book for for not telling a specific story. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's fair. I think it's fair to critique critique properties for how they tell the story they told. Yeah, right. So like if, so that seems fair. So if they choose to bring, like I'm not like against them bring. If they bring Boba Fett in, that's fine. If that's the story they want to tell, that mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Right, and we'll we'll judge how they tell that then. It just doesn't seem like that's the direction they're currently going. It's it it feels like. Boba was another one of these one-off characters that the Mandalorian seems to love to to pull. These like little bring like, them in for a little. Bring bit. them in, take them out. Yeah, just and so I, I really feel like it was just fan service. If it's not, you know, that's great too. Well, I think Ahsoka is definitely fan service as well. In that Ahsoka, case, I think Ahsoka is kind of fan service, but I also think Ahsoka is going to get her own TV show. Oh, she's definitely getting so... her own TV show. <laughs> I read an article this week that she's getting her own oh, show. Is, it, is Rosaria going to play? Her? Yeah, of course. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm all in. Yeah. She's getting her own show. Chasing Throng? No, we don't know. And hopefully they cast Benedict Cumberbatch. I heard uh, the guy who voiced him 
is actually Mad Mickelson's brother. He's a villain in one of the the Sherlock uh, shows. Oh, I'm trying to remember which Sherlock his. show. There's the one with Benedict. Oh, he's a villain in. Is it the guy who played? Is it the Mycroft? No, I don't, no, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. He is live. I am being right now. He is the Lars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So he voiced him on Rebels. Interesting. And people are saying, like, why don't you just get him to do it? Because that's what they did for Bo Katan. Yeah. 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 So, like, I mean, people were saying, like, him. I mean, other, of course, like, all these people, other people are like throwing their hats into the mix, but like, sure. Well, like, I mean, he has a, he'd have to work out a little bit more because Thrawn's a like super in shape dude, but, <laughs> or they, the shade. I'm just the saying. Shade. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, don't we all, Brad? Yeah, don't we, we all, all we all need to get in better shape. Anyways, um, what did you think about Bo Katan Kreese and Death Watch and the fact that where Din Djarin is coming up against different sections of the Mandalore people that are seemingly like at odds with one another? Yeah. They're I, not unified at all. I think it's super interesting. So the you know, if you look at, like, if you're nerdy like us, which, I mean, if you're Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. If you're listening, you probably are yeah. at this point. Uh, I mean, we don't have very many listeners, so I'm assuming the ones we do have are pretty nerdy as well. <laughs> but, like, if you look at, like, the, the history behind the war, the reason the Mandalorians, you know, couldn't win this war with the Jedi is because they couldn't unify. Mm-hmm. And then years later, they, they, they still didn't learn their lesson. They had a civil war. Yeah. And... That's why they're susceptible to the Great Purge because they had this civil war. So, I think it's really interesting seeing seeing Dinjarin come in contact with this because you know he's not a Mandalorian in uh, in terms of like birthright. Like he's not from Mandalore. Yeah, he, he picked up the creed and he's a follower of the creed. Yeah, he but he's not from Mandalore. And so I think it's interesting him coming in contact with these people who are from Mandalore but don't follow this Mandalorian code that he subscribes to or that he believes in. And so it's kind of like pushing his his mental, his capacity for understanding what a Mandalorian is. Mm-hmm. And you see it in the way that he reacts to them versus the way he reacts to Cobb. Mm-hmm. Right, so Cobb takes off the helmet and he's like, I'm going to kill this dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to straight up kill this guy. Yeah. And Death Watch takes off the helmet and eventually he's like, okay. Uh, I guess they're Mandalorians too. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of takes it. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like stretching his like pre presuppositions and preconceived notions of what a Mandalorian even is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's interesting. And I, I think it'd be interesting to get some more of that. Yeah. Some more of that tension. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's great because like, I think one of the things is, is that if you look closely in season one or if, AKA, if you're nerds like us, you see the arm patch of the people that saved him. I thought I could be mistaken. Was was Death Watch that yeah. saved him to begin with? Who, who Bo Katan is like part of, right? Yeah. So he was saved by Death Watch, but then he found his way into this other called. I think it's called uh, the Children of the Watch. Yeah, Children the of the Watch. The one that he ended up like joining with. Yeah. So that's interesting too, because I do. I, I he was saved by Death Watch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but then he ends up becoming a member of the Children of the Watch or mm-hmm. the Watch or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, it's super exciting. And I think I, re- I really think we're going to see more of Bo Katan. 
I think out of everyone that we've seen so far, I think she's the most likely for us to see again. Yeah, absolutely. In Even more show. than the Marshall Timothy Ollie farm. Oh, it makes <laughs> me so sad. Um, but anyways, I still still hope we see him again. But anyways, um, so force clones. So you, we've talked about. So, um, you talked about this that they actually play Snoke's music. Yeah, apparently they play his like intro music when they on, on what episode is that? Episode so twelve. Four, episode four of season two. Right, right. So is that twelve or chapter twelve? Sure. <laughs> uh, they actually play. It's called his, the siege. They play his music, Snoke's music, as they like. As they pan, pan away, the, like the the test tubes of of beings that are growing, which is really neat. Um, so I mean, who knows? Like maybe they're signaling, like, hey, like this is, you know, this is Snoke. Yeah, I mean, which it's... would be like a really interesting, like a really interesting take and really interesting like background to the character. I'd be a huge fan, and like, I mean, we're not going to get into these details, but like. If they brought Andy Circus into this or like a quote unquote young Snoke <laughs> as like the first order is rising, like as we continue on through seasons of the show, like I think that could be super, super interesting to see how that plays out because it seems that Moff Gideon is in charge of this. Moff yeah. Gideon is the main foe and then he's trying to start this Snoke person by using uh grogu's dna they seemingly succeed in in some form or fashion and like how how that all plays itself out is going to be yeah. really cool to see if they connect it or if they don't you know yeah and another another cool tidbit storytelling that i didn't notice uh this was pointed out to me by someone who i don't know on the internet <laughs> shout outs to people we don't know on the internet always talk to strangers kids just just kidding. Don't don't don't, don't, do, don't talk don't to do strangers. That. Don't do that. Reagan, don't talk to strangers <laughs> on the internet. Uh so in, in Rebels, apparently I haven't watched all Rebels. Um I'm I'm working with it. I'll get there. Hey. I appreciate you finally taking the challenge. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> Season one is rough. I'm working my way through Rebels, but apparently in Rebels, Ahsoka has this this owl that is her companion. She does Mariah. She does. Mariah is in this episode, in episode 13. She It is. The and bird. Oh, and? It's also at the last scene in Clone Wars when Darth Vader really? is standing there retrieving With, the and lightsabers. And his like, cape is... Yeah. That he got from Ahsoka. You see the bird flying in the air. Oh, That is wow. always affiliated that. with Ahsoka and always affiliated with the light side of the Force. And when you see in his mask, you don't see a yellow eye. You see Anakin's blue eye. Cool. Huh. Anyways, uh, Mirai, her owl, appears on the planet Corvus with her in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So it's the, in a tree. The owl is following her and is still with her at this point in the story, which I think is pretty cool. It's super, super cool. Um, yeah, Ahsoka's great. Uh, it's cool that we finally got to see her. And I think one of the great things for like just like hearing these stories for that like dave filoni and george lucas were saying like finally having this person like this is 
seeing a character that they envisioned like so long ago come to life, you know, and interact with different stories. I think it's just so cool uh, how that works. While I learned this as I was uh, browsing the interwebs and articles is that Dave Filoni revealed that George Lucas was always a huge fan of the Ahsoka dies in uh, before in the Clone Wars. He always wanted that to happen, which boo, boo Ahsoka's awesome. <laughs> Ahsoka's oh, she's so good. Yeah. So good. Come on, George, get it together. Um, anyways, okay. So, well, last thing I'm wrapping up this segment of season two. Which episode so far has been the best, and which is your favorite? I'm gonna have to say for me, it's it's both. Both are the same, it's the same one for both. So I'm going to say, yeah, I want to say the Jedi episode 13 is my favorite episode and also is the most well-made episode of the the season so far. Okay. So I agree with you. That is the best. Okay. What's your favorite? Is it, wait, is it number one? Yes. Yeah. You know, the Marshall, just the crate dragon. Sure. Cobb Vanth. It's just like, it was, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he'll come up in your quotes later. Yeah. I'm sure he will. (laughs) Probably a few times. All right, so let's get into the characters. So we've got a few, um, obviously, the main characters that we see every episode, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and Baby Yoda, Grogu. And then we've got a lot of side characters that we see, like, usually once they're in one episode, maybe two. Uh, but what do you think of Mando, Din Djarin, so far in this story? I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit already. Yeah, I feel like he has grown as a character. He's he seems more loving and protective of Grogu and just wants what's best for him. It's uh, I mean, first episode was about him, you know, falling in love with Grogu, falling into this like protector caring role, and now he is fulfilling that role. And I think that I mean, yeah, we just see like the development of him and him growing into this father, father figure, and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's grown a lot and. Pedro Pascal has continued to do a great job. He's still on the show. Still on the show. <laughs> Whew, thank goodness. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's done awesome with that. And like he's carrying the Star Wars universe on his back right now. You know, he's doing a great job. Him and Grogu. Him and Grogu for sure. And yeah, I think uh, Grogu taking a backseat in some of the episodes. I mean, being present, mm-hmm. um, but not every time. Like, obviously, there are some instances where he was in danger and there was right. risk, but m- that ploy wasn't as hasn't been as played out so much in this season as it had in the past. No, and it's hard to make Grogu like the center of the sh- of an episode right now because he can't really talk. Yeah. And he can't really his movement is pretty limited. Right. They uh, either he, he animatronic. Has, no, I think right? he's a puppet. A robot, right? No, I think it's just. I think it's a. I think it's a robot puppet. Mm. Bet you I'm right. Bet you I'm right because they have like mechanics doing his facial expressions, like one for his eyes, one for his ears. Sure. sure. It was in the the gallery thing that they have on Disney Plus. Yeah, but he is a puppet though. Like someone's hand is you know doing stuff with him. No, 
Uh, I don't think wrong? so. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I thought that in season one they were going to do like full CGI, and then uh, Werner Herzog Herzog was like, "That's cowardice." That may keep it the same, you cowards. But I, I'm, it, I he, thought... he called it hauntingly beautiful. Did he That's say, my word of song. <laughs> didn't he say it would be cowardice to like not use a puppet or something? Well, not use the the robot. I thought. Uh, anyways, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to make him the main character, but he's a good he's good to like cut to to see how cute he is and yeah. when he was hiding in the cantina in the jar with his <laughs> that was super cute. Uh but yeah, he's fun. He continues to be great. Uh he's awesome. Now so Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant, what a legend! Like, yeah, he's great, and he he was really funny, and I love the way he was just like, "Yep, I've heard of you. That means you can kill." <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's one of my favorite quotes. Is just like uh, where he's like, "Oh, Mandalorian, never met one of you. Heard the stories. Know how good you are at killing." Uh, he's just awesome. So I love him a lot. And so, as I said before, I want to see, give me more Cobb Vanth, you know, give me more of the Marshall. Yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to get too much more of him, uh, but he was a great character. And his little aside story with him and him and Dinjarin was really fun. Mm-hmm. Of him, you know, killing the dragon was great. And just that, like, coming together between them, the people of the town, and the Tuscan Raiders was really good. So, yeah, I like this story a lot. Well. I'd say he has the Mandalorian has to put together another yet slightly different crew of people that he's already been on this journey with this season, and he gets Cobb Vance to do it. You think so? That's the most plausible thing I can think of. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Frog Lady, what are your thoughts, concerns? Frog Lady is fine. Yeah, she's she was there. She was there. She was in this show. Yeah. I thought the funniest part was when they were like going through the air and she was like croaking and yeah. screaming. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. That was really when funny. When the uh the New Republic um like fighter jet X Wings were beside, yeah. beside them and, and she just kept talking. He was like shh 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 shh. Don't uh, say anything. Yeah. That's great. Uh all right. Bo Katan Crease. Bo Katan's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's really cool they got the same actress actress that voiced her in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And Rebels. Her. And Rebels. Yeah. Which was really cool. And I read, I don't know if you were telling me this or if I heard this somewhere else, but apparently they brought her in and were telling her, like, hey, like we're doing a live action Mandalorian show and we want Bo Katan to be in a live action Bo Katan. She's like, Oh, that's cool, that's cool. That's a cool idea. And it, like never dawned on her that like, they wanted her to play it. And yeah. then eventually they were like, we want you to, to be her. And she was like, oh, oh, <laughs> me? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I think that's really cool. And I the the way they used the Death Watch as a way to like challenge Din Djarin's presuppositions and challenge his beliefs and his mm-hmm. worldview was really cool. Yeah, Because, I mean, you could tell it really... I mean, he kind of rocked his entire worldview. Yeah, when they he, took off their helmets. He, he's not sure what to think anymore. Uh, because with the last person that was wearing Mandalorian armor that took off their helmets, he made he took that armor back. Yeah. He didn't take this armor back. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that it really kind of rocked how he views the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he 
Yeah, I thought she was great. Um, I think we, I think she'll probably be back this season. I think so too. I think I think she'll be back. Yeah, for sure. Um, looking forward to seeing more of that and seeing more Mandalorians in action. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. All right, grief Karga, Apollo Creed, running the the city village pretty well. It seems like from uh, episode four. Yeah, it was kind of a cool, uh, a cool pivot for him. And you know, we're talking about her next. So I'll just mention her, her and Cara Dune. Yeah, the pivot to like running the city and kind of ridding it of crime and ridding it of any like empire influences or trying to rid it from empire influences. So I thought that was a pretty cool little little pivot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems like it, they're trying to set up a spinoff for for Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah, it it seemed like that, and it does it feels also like they're kind of distancing them, those two characters, from the overarching plot of the story. Yeah, it feels like Cara and Grief are kind of out of the Mandalorian uh, quest at this point. Yeah, and they've kind of like they're still here on this world and. Manda has moved past that world, right? Yeah. He's, he's gone. Yeah. From that. Once he, he jetpacks back to get baby Yoda, he doesn't even go back to the ground to like have a chit chat. He's just no, like, he's all done. right, peace out. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. But, uh, I think grief and I think grief and car are still really cool characters. And I'd be okay with a, a spinoff grief and car show of them kind of running this world and run not world, but running this, uh, this city. Yeah. And then cool. kind of, uh, taking down more empire outpost and yeah, just, discovering what's going on there. How does the first order get started? Just like a really, really small stakes kind of, um, just like monster of the week show with them. Would be yeah. Fun. Yeah, coming up like against a, like bounty hunters, sheriff and deputy type. Yeah, type exactly, thing. exactly. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, all right, probably the character that we've seen the least of, but super important, super important because I think they're setting him up as he's definitely the main villain of the show as a whole. You know, they've definitely propped him up in that way as the main villain of the show as a whole. So I think we're going to be getting a lot of him as long as this show continues to go on. You know. Yeah, I so Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, obviously. Played by uh Giancarlo Esposito, who's awesome. And so yeah, I think that this is I think he's a very uh he's a very intimidating character. Mm-hmm. I think it was really cool seeing Din Djarin, who thought he was dead, mm-hmm. learn that he's actually alive and that he's a real threat and a real problem. Yeah. Still to this day. I thought that was really interesting. I, I do think I agree that they're setting this up for. I mean, they're they're, they're setting this up for a Moff Gideon Dinjarin fight at the end. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. The, I don't know if it's the end of this season or end of next or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think it'll be this season necessarily. No. I think this season will. So we've got let's see, five, six, seven, eight. We got three more episodes. Yeah. I think this season will ultimately culminate with. Like Grogu getting set up to be trained by somebody, um, and then Dinjarin having to fight off Moff Gideon to protect him, and ultimately, okay. Uh, but I think that that will that fight will be will be saved for season three. Yeah. Um. But I, I yeah, Moff Gideon's awesome. He's yeah, really cool. he's great. Uh, yeah. So Ahsoka Tano. I mean, we already talked about her, but she's. Uh, Rosario Dawson just does a great job with her. 
um, seeing her as this adult after Clone Wars, like survived the 20 years, um, like obviously through Rebels, um, through both Death Stars, and here she is, you know, she's still searching for Admiral Thrawn. And if oh, you're man. if you're a fan of Rebels, you know the weight that this has. Or if you've read the Thrawn book. Or if you read the Thrawn book. And so you haven't finished it, so I'm not gonna completely spoil it but you know she's looking for Thrawn for a very specific reason because there's this other person uh that she's also trying to find but yeah great great characters hope we see more of her in a in a spinoff or continuing in the show all right let's get into some scenes and quotes mm. So what were some of your favorite scenes so far? So one of my favorite scenes comes from the first episode of the season when they finally kill the crate dragon. Oh, that's my first one. It's so awesome. And it looks like Din Djarin has been eaten by the dragon. Yeah. And obviously, like in the back of your head, you know, like, okay, they're not killing. Uh, well, when I first watched it, I was a little worried because, you know, there are all these rumors about Pedro Pascal leaving the show. And I yeah. was like, I was like, oh no. I was like, they just killed him. I was like, in episode one. I was like, maybe those rumors were true. Maybe like yeah. this really is it. Maybe he's dead. Yeah. And you know, he flies out and uh what is he like shocks the, the creature. Yeah. So and that whole thing of the Tuscan Raiders and the the people of the town like coming yeah. together to fight to collectively was really cool. So I, I really liked that scene. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh that was one of my favorite scenes as well. Also the um the scene at the beginning of that episode where he's he's fighting in that kind of boxing arena is really cool. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that is cool. It's like the underground game. Yeah, yeah. And that Cyclops, he's trying to get information out of it. And then, like, as soon as, like, the, the flying birds or whatever goes on his, like, wrist guard, uh, Baby Yoda, like, Grogu like reaches over and close his little like carriage to protect himself. Yeah. Uh, that was super cool. Yeah. That's a good one. I like in episode. I like episode 11, the, the heiress when Bo-Katan and the Bo-Katan and the other members of death watch and Dinjar and finally take the ship and they're like fighting through these hallways. And then there's this like, this like hallway warfare type of scene where they're fighting through. And uh, there's one part in particular where Jinjarn is just taking all these shots off his best car armor. He's just running down this hallway, just being blasted left and right. And he like tosses these grenades mm -hmm. at the, the empire, the empire troopers. troops yeah. and just blast them. And it's a really fun, it's fun watching a group of Mandalorians just absolutely shred a bunch of stormtroopers. It's a lot, there's something, a lot of fun. There's something satisfying about that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have that scene as well. It's super good. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, another another scene that I liked was, uh, it was in the trailer, is when the stormtroopers are on those speeder bikes and they're like flying off the canyon and yeah. they're going down and I was just like, oh, that just look it just looks so cool. And you're just like, man, I want a speeder bike, you know, right. not to crash. <laughs> but obviously it's just like it like it was it was something that we know from Return of the Jedi in a different way, like in a rock terrain, like going off of a cliff and like doing kind of like in, the, in an extreme way. It was super, super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I I like season season. <laughs> I hope we get uh, season thirteen. Yeah, but I like episode thirteen, the where she's testing Grogu. Yeah, that whole scene of you know he won't do it for Ahsoka. Grogu won't move the rock. He won't even move the rock for Dinjarin. But once Dinjarin pulls out the little ball and has like a personal connection with him, mm-hmm. he's able to move it. And then she, you know, tells him that, hey, like, he's got this emotional connection to you. And because of that, I won't train him. Yeah. Because this is, I've seen what that can do to people. Oh, man. And everyone, so sad. And everyone collectively goes, oh, Anakin. It's so <laughs> sad. It's so, so sad. It's heartbreaking. It is. But that's a, it's a great scene. Yeah. I really like it. It really is. It's really good. Um, I mean, yeah, that was another one as well. Just like with her and because Ahsoka has worked with other Mandalorians in the past, you know, she's worked, um, with, uh, Bo-Katan. She's worked with even Boba Fed on occasions. And like, she knows how this goes and, but like, and she knows so much information yeah. that Din Djarin does not. Sure. And still she's like super selective and like, takes her decisions very seriously. Like there's, this is an attachment. And like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess around with this. Right. Because this, this being, this baby is going to live forever and you're going to die. Right. And I'm not going to even begin to start that by like separating you from him now. Um, yeah, that was really good. Do you have any more scenes? Uh, the only other one I'll mention is I, I really like the, the fight between Ahsoka and, the magistrate in the garden. Yeah. The lightsaber versus the Beskar spear was really cool to watch. It was cool. Yeah. Let's get into some quotes. Let's do it. All right. What's your first quote? First quote is from episode 13 where the Mandalorian and Ahsoka are fighting and he goes, Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan sent me. We need to talk. And Ahsoka kind of leans over. She goes, I hope it's about him. Yeah. I just I love the way she says that and I love that line. Yeah. And, she sees a baby Yoda. And she, you know, you can tell like the recognition in her face, and you're like, oh, finally, he's found somebody that knows what the heck this thing is. Or exactly. at least has like a, a working memory of this thing. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, that's such a cool. Uh so I think one of my my first one is just uh Dinjarin, wherever I go. He goes. Yeah. And his had, yeah. Yeah. His commitment to just like, hey, I'm not I'm not gonna let this kid out of my sight anymore. And even his hesitancy and regret from doing that in episode four when leaving him at the school. He's mm-hmm. just like he's rushing back to make sure that he's safe. Yeah, that's a good one. So this one comes from episode twelve, and we get a callback to Mithril, the the very from the very first episode of the show. When Din Djarin is taking in a bounty, he's taking this like blue skinned yeah. creature. His name's Mithril. And we get a callback. We see him. He's now working off his sentence, which is kind of cool. But anyway, so he's driving them to this base, and Grief gets into an elevator and looks at him and goes, Are you coming in or what? Mithril says, I'll take my chances down here, but thank you. And Carl responds, Well, when the lava tide comes in, give us a holler. We'll <laughs> drop you down a rope. And Mithril promptly gets up and follows them yeah. into the elevator. Yeah, that one's that one's really funny. Um, so I've got a few Cobb Vant Mando quotes. Like he's just super funny. 
And uh, one is like I've already mentioned before. He says, "I've never met a real Mandalorian. Heard stories. I know you're good at killing, yeah. <laughs> and probably none too happy to see me wearing this hardware." And then uh, another, like, uh, there's another callback where he's like, kind of like telling the townsfolk, "Is just like, hey, this guy's a Mandalorian." And, like, and another guy, village person, says, "Like, I've never heard, met one, heard the stories." And yeah. then he goes, "Then you know how good they are at killing." Right. <laughs> What's your next one? Uh, so it's a, a, a dialogue between Bo-Katan and Dinjarin. So Bo-Katan says, are you sure you won't join us? Dinjarin responds, there's something I need to do. Bo-Katan says, the offer still stands if you change your mind. And Dinjarin says, where can I find the Jedi? Bo-Katan answers by saying, take the foundling to the city of Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus. There you will find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you are sent by Bo-Katan and thank you. Your bravery will not be forgotten. This is the way. Mm. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. And I, I love that because at the very end of seeing how different these other Mandalorians can be and seeing how just just how different their vision of what the way is and what like, the, the life of a Mandalorian should look like. And after fighting alongside them ultimately they come back to like this is the way like we are we are mandalorians together yeah and so i just think that like coming back and centering to that despite kind of their their different views on things was really cool yeah that was really cool um my next quote is um uh also from cobb it's from that (laughs) same cantina well it's cobb and mando where he says, like, we're going to do this in front of the kid. And, and Dinjarin goes, he's seen worse. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of funny lines. He's just talking about Tatooine and, like, Star Wars lore. He's like, you know, they're talking about celebrating. It started after we got the news that the Death Star blowing up. Yeah. The second one, that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? You have another one? Yeah, I, I'm trying to find it here. Oh, this one's great. So the the magistrate of the city, his like second in command, yeah, he sees Baby Yoda in the pouch of Mando. He goes, "What is that thing? I keep it around for luck. You're gonna need it where you're headed." Yeah, I, I like the way that he just kind of played off. Uh, oh, I just I just keep Baby Yoda around for luck. Yeah, just it's for nothing luck. Special, nothing special. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's about all of my my quotes. Um. And so, obviously, you know, yeah, I think there's just like this is the way continues to be a, a good one. Um, even the, yeah, just the, yeah, all that stuff and like how uh, the scene where I guess it's not a quote, but it's the scene where I guess I'm backtracking where Din Djarin's trying to get Grogu to like unplug and unplug the wires. Yeah, yeah, well, that's and a good it's just one. like no. Plug the blue wire <laughs> where the red one is. Don't let them touch. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I guess we tried. Mm. But yeah, that's my last quote. All right. So most celebrated section of our podcast, fun questions or questions in general or questions with uh questionable amounts of fun um so who is your new favorite new character that has been introduced so far this season a character 
that has not been in Star Wars lore, just new character completely. Okay, so like Ahsoka doesn't count. Ahsoka would not count. Then it's gotta be Cobb. Yeah, gotta be Cobb. Yeah, it's Cobb. Um, Cobb is Cobb is great. I mean, who's who else would even be listed here? Like Cobb, the Magistrate, Frog Lady. Frog Lady. I don't know. Some people could like Frog Lady more than Cobb. Maybe. I want definitely okay, not. If anyone listening likes Frog Lady more than Cobb, I want you to email or tweet or Instagram us, and we will not shout at you. We will not yell at you or throw tomatoes. We will have a pleasant dialogue. But I do want to listen as to why. As to why. Yeah. Because I'm very curious. That's fair. <laughs> Giving somebody a shot to have their say, you know. Have I their day in court. For it. All for all it. For it. Um, okay. Here's the question that I had. But yeah, I agree with you, Cobb, 100%. So who do you think will be the Jedi that will come for Grogu? after being on the seeing stone or will a Jedi come for him? You know? Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so culture crave put out a graphic today. That is, was really cool. I love following them. They put our graphic of every known living Jedi currently alive at the time. Okay. I'm just going to read. Th- We've oh, got Luke Skywalker, you right? You, you know, see how many you can list. Uh, Luke Ez- is one. Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger is one. Uh, uh, mm, I sh- Je- Jedi or people who've had Jedi training. Ahsoka. Ahsoka, obviously. But she already said no. She said no, but she's still... She's, she's still she's a Jedi. On, she's on the ground. Jedi training. And uh, that's all I can think of. Leia Organa. Oh, okay, yeah. Quinlan Voss. He's alive? He is alive at this point in the timeline. Since when? Since ju- since Cultural Crave said so. Uh, <laughs> Yaddle. She's alive? According to this. How do they know this stuff? I don't know. I'm trusting Okay. That. I'm trusting All that. right. Keep going. Uh, there's two I've never heard of. One is Coleman Kja. How do you spell that? Uh, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. Okay. And the last name is K-C-A-J. K-C-A-J. Coleman Kach. Oh, that thing is freaky. Yeah, he's an interesting looking dude. Freaky looking. Of a angry Jedi master. It's eyes are both that. It's nope. Don't like that. <laughs> What's the next one? Who's next? <laughs> okay, and the other one that I've never heard of is Oppo Rancisis. O-P-O? O-P-P-O. O-P-P-O. Rancisis. For the culture crave, he is nope, alive. not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. I don't think we're gonna get either one of those. So my money's on Luke or Hold on, there's still two more listed. What? Okay, who is next? I will say this dude has some sick fan art. Uh Oppo Oppo Rancisis. He looks dope. like a dragon. He's a snake man. He looks awesome. All right, so he's cool. The next two that these are canon. Come from Jedi Fallen Order. Cal Kestis. Oh, that would be so sweet. Cal Kestis and Seer Junda. Yeah. Are both. Seer is a former Jedi Knight. Cal Kestis had Padawan training. If, well, I, don't, if, I think if they brought in Cal Kestis, that would ruin their sequel. I'm just saying they, they are canon. Yeah, they are canon Jedi characters. Who are alive at this point who could theoretically. Yeah. 
having that actor uh, do Cal Kestis because he looks exactly like the character. I mean, they based the, yeah. the character off of his his motion capture would be phenomenal. But I think if they did that at this time period, it would ruin their their video stories. Is like, oh, we know he lives. Maybe not. Um, I mean, you know he's you know he's alive from the video game. I mean, the, yeah, and know. he's the main character. You're not going to kill off your main character. So hopefully I th- not. I, I think it. I think you could do it. That would be super um, super cool. Oh, and did I mention Yaddle? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So those are the according to Culture Cray, which I. I, know, I like them a lot and I trust them. Yeah. Um, these are the known canon Jedi. They're alive right now. Yeah. Maybe we'll get somebody new. Right. So we can also get somebody completely new. I think if I were betting, if I were betting money, who I think is most likely from this list, mm-hmm. I would say Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Since we've already seemingly brought in some of the Rebels plot line. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it would make sense to bring in Ezra at this point. I feel like he's most likely. I, I I'll say this. I would be I would be happy with any of them. I I'm not a fan of critiquing stories for the stories they didn't tell as opposed to how they told the story they did tell. Yeah. Right. So if Filoni and Favreau say, hey, we want to bring in Yaddle or Cal Kestis or Quinlan or somebody I've never seen before, that's totally fine. Right, if they tell a good story, I don't care. Yeah, I, I've if I were betting money, I would say Ezra's probably the odds favorite. Yeah, but again, I mean, whatever story they want to tell, I totally trust them. At this I point. mean, if for those people that follow Boss Logic on Instagram, like he puts out these, um, he puts out these characters. Like when someone gets cast as a character or rumored, he does a quick Photoshop edit of it, and so he has really good edits of Ezra Bridger, an adult Ezra Bridger. Sure. And also of Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. Oh, interesting. And so they look really, really cool. And like, I would love to see uh, a Sebastian Stan play a young, like Luke. Cause he looks a lot like Mark Hamill actually. And yeah. So, so I, I would be surprised if they brought him in. I think, I mean, that's, I think the most unlikely sure. because like, People well, won't want to mess with Luke I and think, his story. I think, yeah, I think the most unlikely is um, freaking Coleman or yeah, those uh, weird or, alien or, people <laughs> or Oppo, the snake guy. I think those are the most unlikely, um, but <laughs> you never know. But I think here's the thing: eventually, there's going to be a story, whether an animated show or something else. Where in that 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, they're going to have a Luke Skywalker story. Probably. You know? Probably. And they're going to do it either a TV show, a movie, yeah, or... The one thing know. I will say, I feel like it would be really hard to bring in somebody with as much gravity as Luke and keep the show about Baby Yoda and Mando. Yeah. That's why I think it would be like a side be character. Now... He, they now, could I'm just sure, do a, a, a like, no, I'm not going to train them. Now, I'm sure Filoni could do it and pull it off. Yeah. But I think that'd be a, diff- a difficult thing to tell. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm up for whatever, man. I really am. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this that question kind of leads into this next question is, what Star Wars characters would you like to see at the end of this season or in future seasons of The Mandalorian? 
Um, let's see. Future seasons of the Mandalorian. I think I think it would be cool whatever whatever Jedi they bring in to train Grogu. Mm-hmm. Um I think it'd be cool to see that that character for a while. But I mean in terms of like specific characters, I don't know. I mean like Thrawn would be really cool, but yeah. I think he'd be really cool as like a, a standalone with him and Ahsoka. Yeah. As opposed to bring him into this storyline. Yeah. I think they I don't know. I don't really have an answer. <laughs> I mean, I think I mean, I've heard rumors, obviously, like we all hear rumors. None of it. Your sources. My sources, you your know, Disney, the internet. Your, your Disney sources. <laughs> my Disney sources. Um, that for their Star Wars material, Disney's kind of wanting to get away from the movies. And then like because the Mandalorian was so successful and like em- put more emphasis on Disney Plus shows and the streaming service. And. It seems like if they don't pick up uh, Ahsoka Tano again in this season, they're definitely setting her up for her own show. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they were to make Thrawn the kind of the main adversary of her show, then that would be well done. Um, but I mean, if they found some way to uh, bring back, uh, you know, They've done a, a young Han Solo with Alden uh, Einrich, I think is that his name? Yeah. Um, you know, put him in there. Like, I mean, just like have them like have guest spots like Donald Glover, you know? I mean, in like we're talking about like maybe season five or six of The Mandalorian if it goes that long. But yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Ezra Bridger, I think, is my number one pick for who I would want to see in future seasons. All right. Next question. We have three episodes left, and you kind of touched on this a little bit before. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the big conflict will be at the end of this season? I mean, ultimately, it, it, Moff Gideon versus Din Djarin is the conflict we're headed to. Yeah. At least it seems like that. Obviously, things could change. The story could pivot. But it feels like that is where the story is heading. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not. I'm just not sure if we get there at the end of this season, or if it takes another season to get there or not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like that's the main conflict that we're heading to right now on this path, especially considering like, you know, they're tracking his ship. Yeah. They know exactly where they he's know at. exactly where he's going. And when he heads to the Jedi Temple that she's sending him to, so that uh, Grogu can call out through the Force on this rock, like they're going to follow him there. And so I feel like I thought like there's a good chance we get Moff Gideon versus Mando at the end of this season. I just don't know if we'll if that will if there'll be a uh, if there'll be some sense of finality to that fight. Yeah. By the end of it. Yeah, I think so. This is my thoughts. These I mean, obviously these are my thoughts. Huh. Um <laughs> you mean with the words <laughs> the, word, the words you're saying or your the thoughts? The words I'm saying are my thoughts. So episode Six is going to be there's going to be another distraction from him getting to exactly where he needs to go. From this yeah, planet. he's definitely not going to get he's, there. In the next, that's episode. just not the way the Mandalorian has been structured so far. No, he's he's get to destination. There will be a side quest, decide something to get in his way, and then episodes seven and eight will be him getting there, Moff Gideon showing up, conflict. Episode eight, maybe Grogu will actually get on the Seeing Stone, but. 
we may or may not get a Jedi return. They'll like they'll they'll escape with their lives, and then maybe a Jedi will show up, and that's kind of like the closing shot yeah. is that a Jedi shows up and like, hey, wh- where's the person? And they'll have gone and left and escaped. I think there's a chance that we see. Um, I think there's a, a decent chance that this season ends with a Jedi responding or showing up, but we don't see who it is exactly. We see his yeah. or her, we see his or her boots. Yeah. You know, or we see like a silhouette, but we're not, we don't see exactly who, but the season ends with like, oh, like somebody is here to train Grogu, but yeah. we just don't know who it is. Exactly. Which yeah. I think would be uh, one, really fun, but two, also really miserable because the, we'd have to wait like another year. That and the one thing I don't like about Star Wars is like uh, how ferocious people get with their fan theories mm-hmm. and how protective they get with them. Yeah. And so I, it's like, no, this has to happen. This is my theory. I you think know? it would be, <laughs> there would be some sense of like it being miserable of not the show. Cause I mean, no, the show has been perfect, but just like listening to and reading fans be like, it has to be this. It has to be this person coming to train. Growing. Yeah. This is you the know? only, yeah, that would be frustrating. But I think there's a, a, I think that'd be, I think there's a chance of the way that the story is projecting to that end. Yeah, for sure. Okay, final question. Who has the best performance of the season so far? Rosario Dawson. Really? Yeah, she is perfect. Over Din Djarin and Timothy Oliphant. Sure. Or Pedro Pascal. Yeah, she, okay. she was a perfect Ahsoka Tana. Yeah. I mean, crushed it. She sounded like the tone and the way she carried herself, like that yeah. quiet confidence. Yeah. Um, I mean, just perfect Ahsoka. Yeah, she did great. Um, I, I mean, I just, I love Timothy Oliphant. I love him. He was great. His he was man. really good. So I just, I liked him. I enjoyed him a lot. As I've said, I hope I see him more. No, he was great. Yeah, no problems there. All right. Um, overall reflections. What do you have? Uh, really great show so far. Um, I'm, I'm loving the season. I think that the side quests have for the most part been fun. Uh, one except for episode two. So I was going to say one really, really hit one, one miss for me at least, but every other episode has been spot on. They have advanced the story. We are finally learning more bits and details about Grogu in the past. Right. So like being kind of mysterious about something only works for so long. Eventually you have to give breadcrumbs and they're giving us breadcrumbs. Right. So we've learned what the empire was using Grogu for. We've learned what Grogu's, history is we've learned that he was actually in the jedi training program yeah which is really cool and he had a few masters that is really cool uh so i think that we're we're starting to learn more and more about this universe and about the story that is being told and i think they've done a really good job of advancing the overall plot without sacrificing any of the fun or kind of um like low stakes ish yeah that the mandalorian is great about yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I'm glad that they revealed us his name in season two and not in like season five. Yeah, because that would sure. have been like because people are already frustrated. It's, I saw something uh, that was like they revealed Baby Yoda's name. Bad news, it's not Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's the thing. It's like mystery is great, but if you string people along too too long, it becomes tedious. Yeah, I thought they. And the way they told this story, they they hit so perfectly of like stringing people on just enough to where they don't get sick and tired of it, and delivering uh, with some payoff at the right time to keep people going. Yeah, 
yeah, take some lessons, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I think, uh, unless we're, you want to change is like, we're going to not have a final grade because the season hasn't been completed yet. Um, but as of right now for my report card, Mandalorian's turning in some very high grades for in the A range. Yeah. I won't give a, I won't give a report, uh, a final grade yet because as you've said, like we don't have the whole season. Yeah. Right. And you know. What happens if next episode is just a, t- a horrible clunker? Then yeah, then things could change. So, but as right now, I'm loving the season, and I can't wait to see where the story goes. And I'm ready to give a final grade when we get there. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five star rating, follow us on social media, and until next time. Love you 3000.